Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brandy, and I will be your conference operator today. I would like to welcome everyone to the Kirkland Lake Gold Conference Call and webcast to discuss the company's second quarter 2021 financial and operating results. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to your Senior Vice President, Investor Relations, Mark Utting. Thank you very much, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to our second quarter 2021 Conference Con webcast. With me today are most members of Kirkland Lake Gold's senior executive team. Uh, speaking uh, um, during the presentation will be uh, Tony McCooch, our president and chief executive officer, David Soros, our chief financial officer, Ian Hahn, vice president of Australian operations, Larry Lazeski, our general manager for Dieter Lake Mine, Evan Peltier, vice president mining for Kirkland Lake, and Eric Callio, our Senior Vice President of Exploration. As mentioned, there are also several other members of the executive team participating on, on the line as well. After our presentation, we'll then open up the call to questions. Uh, we ask each person to, to limit themselves to two questions today. The slide deck that we'll be referring to is on our website, both on the home page and the events section. Before I get started, I would like to direct you to the, the slides on the show and on the website uh, relating to forward-looking statements. Our remarks and answers to questions may contain and likely will contain forward-looking information about future events relating to our company. Please refer to the slide two as well as forward-looking information section of our MDNA dated July 28, 2021 for the three and six months ended June 30, 2021. Also during today's call, we'll be making reference to non-IFRS performance measures. A reconciliation of these measures is available um, in our uh, Q2 uh, and six-month uh, press release and MDNA. Finally, I'll just emphasize that all dollars uh, mentioned today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Tony McCooch, President and CEO of Kirkland Light School. Hey, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks everybody for being on the call. You know, a nice, uh, nice, uh, you know, summer day in Canada here. When we, you know, we, we don't get a lot of these days, so we got to learn to enjoy them. So we'll try to be efficient. We appreciate you guys being on the call, and uh, you know, give you some time after to, we, we 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 get through this presentation to, and after question answer to at least enjoy some of the sunshine that you've seen out there. Anyway, before uh, you know, I'm going to start on slide four. Four, but uh, you know, I think you know, and you know, just uh, you, we did put out a press release. You do look at the results for, for the for the for the quarter, and you know, and then a very very solid quarter with record 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 results and earnings, and throughput of detour, etc. And I'll get more detail of that uh, later. But you know, we again, we we're on this call, and we get the. Uh, 
benefit of being able to talk about about these results, but it's really uh, you know the, the results of the work of a lot of people within 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 Kirk and Lake Gold and our suppliers and and, and their efforts and, and the communities and everybody that supports us. And you know it's it's you know we, we we would be remiss if we didn't say thanks to everybody for your hard work. It's not easy our business that we do as one of the as the board recognizes some of the time. You know when you look at all the all all the challenges that we that we face in terms of trying to mine gold at depth and and or extract bits of gold out of, out of the rock it's it's not an easy business but you've got a lot of people that are working really hard that make it look uh, get make it look easy and anyway thanks for their efforts the other part is you know i again in acknowledging that you know uh within within our they our operations both in canada and australia we our mines are located on uh, traditional lands of, of, of numerous Indigenous communities in, uh, in, in uh, Kirkland Lake, you know, and, and we have an IBA in Kirkland Lake or in Texas Agreement and, 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 a, and a very good working relationship with both the Watershed First Nation and, and the uh, Matachuan First Nation just out of, outside of, of Kirkland Lake. Uh, over at Detour, we, you know, we, 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 we occupy the traditional lands of the, of the Moose Cree, uh, based up at Moose Factory Island, on, uh, just on the Hudson, uh, James Bay Coast, as well as uh, Tequitagamu First Nation, based in the, uh, just outside of Cochrane, Ontario, and the uh, and and the uh, Wagasig First Nation as well. And you know, similarly, you know, we we do have exploration agreements. We are working sort of over over the Quebec border and and, and the lands there. It's you know. It's, it's, you know, it's part of the traditional lands of the Cree nations of Quebec, and and and, and over in Australia, whether it's out at, down in uh, Victoria at Fosterville with the Jaja Warung, as well as up in the up in the Northern Territory in Australia, where we're we're working on on doing some healings to the land. It's uh, the the Wagaman and the Jawan groups uh, and Aboriginal groups. So, you know, we 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 we, we have lots of respect. We. Uh, for, for, and we really appreciate the opportunity to be partners and to, and to, to be able to operate on these traditional lands. You know, we're just going through a period of time here in Canada. There's been a lot of developments in terms of of um, of, uh, of uh, the truth and reconciliation happening in Canada. And you know, I, I guess from from our perspective, you know, we we as a company, you know, we we support people. We recognize, uh, you know, maybe. Sometimes we have to all recognize the truth of, of maybe things that happened in the past. You know, we can't we can't do things to to, to correct the past, but we can we can demonstrate as we go forward uh, what we do what we do and how how we want to work uh, on these lands and, and work with with, the, with our partners in, in this area. Anyway, maybe I'll get into our results. And before I do that, you know, you know, again, that slide four talks about uh, giving an update on our COVID nineteen response and. You know, this is COVID-19 we were talking about here, but it's in 2021. We're hoping it doesn't become a COVID-2021 or COVID-2022. But we are encouraged by the developments in Ontario. You know, we do know that now there's some new lockdowns in Australia. But in terms of everything happening from a COVID perspective and the impact on our site, it is minimal impact at this point in time. Uh, maybe uh, you know over the last year and a half, two years, the people in, in Kirkland Lake Gold have, have, have done exceptionally well in terms of, of, of you know putting in good policies and procedures and how we work and, and people adopting uh, ways to protect each other and, and work together. And you know it, 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 we've had a lot of success. We have had some uh, outbreaks as defined by public health at both Matanza and Detroit Lake in, in, in Ontario during the, during the second quarter. 
but but you know the, the company and the people were very proactive in responding and 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 the situation was quickly resolved and you know actually in fact in both cases we were recognized by the local health units both porcupine health unit uh that looks after the detour and the Timiskaming health unit and uh, in, in, in for Kirk and Mike, in, in, in terms of what we what we did to prevent transmission and protect our, protect our people and and protect any community spread from these efforts. So, thanks everybody for continuing to to to, to work hard in these areas and and work towards staying safe. Turning to slide five, I'll take a moment to give you an update on our responsible mining efforts. We are signatory to the World Gold Council Responsible Mining Principles, and we're working to achieve compliance to these objectives in our business. And at the same time, we're working to also support the industry as a whole to achieve these, these objectives as well. And, and, you know, fundamentally for us, uh, the responsive mind is integral to everything we do and it's part of our culture. And, and, and we believe that, you know, it's not just good enough for us to do it. As, as in Kirk and Mike Gold, we want to make sure that we can, the, the rest of the industry is there with us and we can, we can, we can demonstrate leadership to the rest of the, the, rest of the industry and, and not just a gold mining company, but but all, all the uh, mining companies in, in, in the region. Uh, also, additionally, as you may recall, in Q1, we pledged to achieve the net car zero carbon emissions by 2050 or earlier. We've been working towards that, establishing a, a net zero task force. So we've been working on trying to identify what our carbon footprint is at this point in time and, and, and in all different areas and, 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 and then work out ways to you know what does it mean? How do how do we do it? And what are ways to communicate it internally? There's lots lots to do there. We've also uh, made a pledge where we made a commitment to invest 75 million dollars per year over the next five years, uh, basically on you know re, re, you know supporting a, a, a number of efforts. One is uh, you know reducing our greenhouse gas gas uh, footprint and and the impact of from from our sites. So looking at ways to to to, to, to reduce our our use of carbon. Also looking at, you know, at big areas investing in technology and innovation to support a safer, more productive workplace and uh, to, you know, digitization, automate, uh, automation, working towards creating smart minds at, at, at our minds, both teacher in Macassar in Canada as well as uh, Fossilville in Australia. And we've also, you know, committed to providing support to our local communities and regions where our people live, where people work to, to support these areas, make, make them more livable for, 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 for our people and for the people in those communities who hosts us. During uh, Q2 2021, we, we achieved a number uh, of achievements in these key areas. Uh, we made a significant donation on the area of community support over in, in Bendigo and uh, next to Fossilville in, in, in Victoria, Australia. We made a, a $12 million community partnership fund. Uh, we, we also made a major commitment to the Kirkland Lake Hospital, uh, including providing uh, financing for complete redevelopment of the emergency department at the hospital. Building on uh, also on our leadership of minimizing and reducing carbon emissions, we took additional steps in Q2 2021 to achieve further reductions. And some of these examples would be the rollout of a new fleet of the Z50 trucks at Macassa, which are the world's first 50 ton underground haul trucks. Now I'm going to turn over to our financial and operating results on slide six. As I mentioned, we had an excellent quarter in Q2, highlighted by Record net, record net earnings of $244 million or 91 cents per share. I think that's pretty much uh, industry leading, uh, by the way. I saw an increase in quarterly production, which was 15% higher than Q2 2020 and 15% from Q1 2021. We had strong revenue growth and significant increase in the both operating and free cash flow. All three of our, our, of our, of our mines increased production during Q2 2021. 
with Fosco having a, a particularly successful quarter. In Canada, both D2 Lake and Macanza achieved solid production growth from both uh, related to both prior periods. Looking at our unit costs in, in, in Q2, we beat our full-year guidance ranges. We are, we have been we are being impacted by the FX rates. Our operations are doing very well managing costs, and we continue to target our existing guidance. In terms of cash flow, we had operating cash flow of 330 million dollars and, and and free cash flow of 131 million dollars. Operating cash flow trans, uh, translating into free cash flow per share of uh, sorry, a cash flow per share of about 65. Turning to slide seven, it's, uh, you know, our financial strengths continue to improve. And again, we think we have an industry leading financial strength. Uh, cash increased to, to, to almost $860 million. And again, with no debt, we also continued a very successful track record around capital allocation. We made significant investments for future value creation into our assets while also returning capital to shareholders. You know, and well, what, what have we been doing? Well, during Q2, we returned, you know, $62 million for giving the shareholders $50 million for our Q1 dividend in April and $12 million for the purchase of 300,000 shares. Uh, we also demonstrated our commitment to, to continue to repurchase stock. We renewed our NTIB in early June and, and, the new and, 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 uh, and our revised NTIB now for, for the next yeah, 12 months gives us the right to uh, the, uh, sorry, the ability to repurchase up to 27 million shares. We followed that up by introducing an automatic share purchase plan, which we used to, now to buy back 300,000 additional 300,000 shares in June. And we're making good use of the automatic share purchase plan in July, where, uh, where to date in July we've purchased about 945,000 shares. And you know that's an additional 38 million dollars. So in total, we're you know um, we're, we're able to repurchase five million shares on our automatic share purchase plan. Turning to slide eight, uh, you know again when we talk about investing and in, in investing for, for shareholders and, and providing value for shareholders, first part is you know definitely we we invest by by. by you know, through, through giving the money back to shareholders through, through our through our dividend policy, through our through our NTIB, through and, and those ways to make allocations back to shareholders. Second thing is through through expiration and investing in our assets in terms of you know improving the the value of these assets. And, uh, and another third way we create value for shareholders is is through uh, you know investing in, in capital investment into our assets. You know, uh, you know, uh, we 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 continue to have a a, a very uh, you know, successful track record in that. You know, uh, at Future Lake, we we're generating a, you know very encouraging expiration results. Eric will talk about them a little bit later. You know, and and and, and you know, I think the results continue to point to the conclusion that we talked about when we originally did the the Deter transaction that there's there's an extremely large deposit along the Deter mine trend. Uh, that, that's near surface. It's much much larger than is included in the current reserves. And I would I would say that uh, you know it's potential that uh, you know that's just the beginning. We might not have even found the other part yet. Once we once we discover this, we're also making uh, good progress in multiple growth projects, including optimizing the deeper mine and uh, increasing throughput in the mill. We did have some record throughput uh, during the quarry during the period. Both, at, both from a day perspective and for over period, uh, there's been improvements in grade management and, and coming with, with a new assay lab and, and, and you know, looking at changing some of our processes at site, as well as other infrastructures to support, uh, you know, improvements in terms of mill throughput, uh, you know, such as 
you know, in, in, uh, we're looking at putting sets of screens in front in front of the cone crushers, and we have to have new feed systems to support when we're down for maintenance. Uh, there's a lot of lot of projects, and you know, we're investing that you know over at Macassa, the number four shot. The number four shot is a significant project. It currently it continues to remain ahead of schedule and, and on track for completion late next year. Uh, we, we also at, at the Macassar have continued to have a, a significant exploration success. We issued a press release a couple of weeks ago, which felt that, you know the results continue to show that the South Mine complex is, is, is going to keep growing, and it also highlights the potential that along both the amalgamated break and the main break for for new mineralization and 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 and, 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 and new potential mining areas in the future. And at Fossilville, we've already talked about the strong results in T2 and today, 2021, but basically Fossilville is having a tremendous year, and Ian Hong will discuss it more shortly. Apart from the results, we have also made progress with key underground development, critical for the future, future exploration and, 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 uh, and sustainability of Fossilville, and, and developing this, the, the Robbins Hill as a second mining front, but also in, in looking for future down plunge extensions and new, new uh, new discoveries such as the Swan Zone. Now on slide nine, uh, this is looking at a year-to-date results. We achieved better than expected production of 682,000 ounces uh, for the first half of the year. Again, this is mainly due to Fossilville. We achieved a very solid unit cost performance. We had record half-year earnings and earnings per share and very strong cash flow. You can also see on the slide that so far this year we have repurchased 2.3 million shares for close to $100 million. That includes 945,000 shares we have bought back in March. In, in total, we have returned around 1.1 billion to shareholders since the beginning of last year. I think that very importantly, we're you know, additionally to, to on top of the, the strong results, we've also poised for, poised for a very strong second half of 2021. And for, for strong value creation going forward, we do have a lot of catalysts coming up in the comp company. And the main catalyst being, you know, the updated resource reserve estimated beaker, which we're talking about into Q1. We're finishing for this year, effective December 31, uh, 2021, but, you know, coming out in Q1, 2022. And as we, we talked about with the completion and, and, and uh, you know, the use of the number, number four shaft and building a new, new mine over at Macassa. Looking at slide 10, this shows our, our performance against guidance. As you can see, we're very well positioned to achieve our guidance entering the second half of the year. In our Q2 results and press release, we discussed uh, FX rates and the fact that the stronger than budgeted Canadian and Australian dollars is having an impact on our cost and expenditure performance relative to guidance relative to the unit cost guidance, not in terms of dollar, dollar spend. Offsetting that impact in the first half of the year, we're higher than planned sales and, and effective cost management, as I say, in all, in all three of our operations. But as it is, if we continue to see the rates like, like we have in the first half of the year, we will likely come in at right around the top ranges for unit cost and, and capital spending. But just wrapping that, that up, what I want to emphasize that is that in our operations, that our operations perform very well. Our financial results are strong. We continue to have very encouraging exploration results. And we are making an excellent project with all of our key projects and value creation initiatives. Anyway, with that, maybe I'll turn it over to the call over to David Soros, our, our chief financial officer, and he'll give you some highlights from the financial results. Thanks, David. Thank you, Tony, and good morning, everyone. I will begin on slide 11. In Q2 2021, we achieved record net earnings of $244.2 million, or $0.91 cents per share. This represented the 
63% increase from 150.2 million in Q2 2020 and 51% increase from 161.2 million the previous quarter. The increase from both prior quarter and prior year resulted mainly from higher revenues and lower effective tax rates. Q2 2020 also saw a sizable foreign exchange loss of 72.8 million uh, compared against Q2 2021 foreign exchange gain of 2.6 million. Adjusted net earnings totaled 246.9 million or 92 cents per share. The difference between adjusted net earnings per share of 92 cents and net earnings per share of 91 cents in Q2 2021 was mainly related to the removal of 3.5 million net mark-to-market gain recognized on warrant liability, care and maintenance costs incurred at our non-operating sites, uh, Holt and Holt Complex and the NT, and other items that were not reflective of our operations like COVID costs and uh, other restructuring charges. Turning to slide 12, in Q2 2021, total revenue is $662.7 million. The change from Q1 2021 is mainly impacted by an increased sales volume and a $26 per ounce increase in average gold price. Compared with Q2 2020, a $111 per ounce increase in average gold price from $1,716 to $1,814 accounted for $36 million of the revenue growth year over year. Looking at EBITDA, as shown on slide 13, Q2 2021 EBITDA totaled $451.3 million. A change from Q1 2021 primarily related to a 20% increase in revenues driven by higher volume and, and gold price. Compared with Q2 2020, change in EBITDA was due to a 15% increase in revenues and a large foreign exchange loss impacting Q2 2020 EBITDA. Q2 2021 also saw higher depletion and depreciation expense of $111.3 million. The change from Q1 2021, primarily due to higher sales volume. Deferred tax expense was higher in Q2 2021, but overall the effective tax rate for Q2 2021 was lower, reflecting favorable tax adjustments during the quarter, resulting from reassessments of income taxes paid in prior years. Looking at uh, the next slide, turning to slide 14, look at our cash balance and cash flow. On the slide, you'll see that our operating cash flow was strong. We generated $487.5 million of operating cash flow in the quarter before $157 million in cash taxes paid in the quarter. During the quarter, a $98 million tax payment was made in Australia, representing the final tax installment for the 2020 tax year. During the quarter, we invested in our key assets, spending $199 million in capital. Cash used for financing activities of $64.3 million reflected the $11.9 million we used to repurchase shares in Q2, as well as $50.1 million used for payment of the dividend. Turning to the next slide, slide 15, looks at the change in cash in a different way. You can see that the largest contributor to growth in cash was from our operations, which generated about $395 million of cash, which is before income tax paid of $157 million. Growth capital investment 
of 82.5 million, exploration spending of 46.6 million. Other cash outflows include costs incurred at our non-operating sites, VNT uh, and hold complex of 14 million, and corporate GNA of 17 million. As noted in the previous slide, during the quarter, 62 million was returned to shareholders, including 11.9 million used to repurchase shares through the company's NCIB and 50.1 million of dividend payments. Next, I'll turn it over to Ian Hahn to discuss operating results at Fosterville. Thanks, David. I'm starting on slide 16. As you have heard, Fosterville had a very strong quarter in Q2, and for that matter, uh, for the first six years of the year, uh, first six months of the year. Fosterville produced 158,000 ounces in Q2 2021, based on processing 170,000 tonnes at an average grade of 29.2 grams per tonne and average mill recoveries of 98.7%. For the year to date, we produced 266, nearly 267,000 ounces, uh, down from last year, but consistent with our plan to reduce production in the Swan Zone to draw out mine life from more sustainable levels. The 266.7 thousand ounces were approximately 60,000 ounces above planned levels for the half year. Uh, two main factors were driving this, uh, the main factor being very strong uh, grade outperformance in several uh, Swan Zone stokes. Uh, there was also the benefit of some resequencing that we did in Q2. Uh, looking at the resequencing, it, it involved an area in Swan called Audax. We plan to start a section of Stokes in the top and work our way down. Uh, however, once optimised, um, we, we changed that sequence and really flipped it on its head uh, and, and did it from bottom up. Uh, the result of that was bringing some higher grade Stokes from Q4 um, into the Q2 time Tom, zone. Tom uh, turning to costs, again very strong uh, for both Q2 and year to date. For Q2, we had operating cash costs of $162 an ounce and all in sustaining costs of $353 an ounce. For the year to date, operating cash costs averaged $192 an ounce with all in sustaining costs of $385 an ounce. Uh, and these are very low numbers. Uh, entering the second half of the year, we're very well positioned to achieve our production guidance and potentially could do better. We're also well positioned relative to our cost guidance. I'll now pass the presentation over to Larry Lezeski, uh, Mine General Manager for the Detour Lake Mine. Hey, uh, Larry, just before you uh, come on here, Ian, I don't know if uh, yeah, we don't qualify. I don't think that was a Freudian slip at the beginning. It wasn't just the first six months of solid performance, but Fosterville is probably it is on a strong track record of six years of solid performance, and I think there's a point in time when when we all have to believe that you know it's it's it's, it's a very good mine, very well run, led by uh, led by some exceptional people, and 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 the people working there, it's an, ex, it's an exceptional workforce, an exceptional area to, to be in, and we we we're just lucky to have it in our portfolio. So anyway, thanks. And sorry about that, Larry. No, thanks, care. Tony. Hey, no problem. And uh, thanks, Ian. Uh, I'm starting on slide 17. Uh, Detour Lake achieved, uh, as Tony mentioned, record quarterly production in quarter two of 21 of 166,000 ounces based on uh, processing 5.8 million tons, an average grade of 0 0.96 grams per ton with recoveries of 91.5%. 
This is an increase of 26% from uh, quarter two last year and an increase of 13% from the previous quarter. The quarter over quarter increase is largely due to significant improvement in the average grade with our sequencing into higher grade areas as part of our phase two mining plan. We've indicated to the market that you would start to see the ramp up in grade starting in quarter two and we, we certainly did. The average of 0.96 grams per ton was in line with our reserve grade. We also had an increases in tons processed since the first quarter. Throughput is typically the lowest of the year. Having said that, you may recall that uh, Q1 this year was a record for first quarter throughput levels. The year to date, uh, we produced 312,000 ounces, which is 40% higher than the five months after the acquisition last year, and 16% increase from the full six months of uh, year to date 2020. Looking at our operating cash costs, we averaged $610 an ounce in quarter two and $674 an ounce for the year to date. Excluding the impact of FX rates, our Q2 operating costs per ounce improved from last year's second quarter, with much of the increase reflecting higher grades and increased sales volumes. All in sustaining costs per ounce sold averaged $996 per ounce in quarter two and $1,090 dollars per ounce for the year to date. Looking ahead, we expect continued improvement in grade uh, for the remainder of the year above the Q2 level and are well positioned to achieve our full year 2021 guidance. Moving to slide 18, again, as Tony had mentioned earlier, we have a significant number of projects on the North Detour Lake. Our growth capital expenditures at Detour for the first half of the year totaled $80 million. Of that amount, $44 million was for deferred stripping, and $37 million was to support ongoing work to expand capacity. Continuous processing plant expansion is on track with good progress on uh, crushing improvements uh, for the capacity. Uh, airstrip had significant progress. Uh, we anticipate that being complete by the end of Q3. The tailings facility is progressing well with uh, favorable weather conditions and an early startup. Full-bound maintenance facility expansion is uh, nearing completion for the field uh, maintenance uh, area. And finally, as pictured, we're expanding our camp, which will be the, completed by the end of quarter three. It's just uh, just a note that uh, this camp, uh, once complete, will be the largest hotel in, in Ontario. So you can imagine the size of it. With that, I'll turn the call over to Evan Pelshey, President Mining for Kirkland Lake. Thanks, Larry. I'm starting on slide 19. Production at Macassan in Q2 totaled 55,300 ounces at an operating cash cost of 586 and all in sustaining costs of 848. Q2 2021 production was 32% higher from Q2 2020 and increased 17% from the previous quarter. Higher tons were processed in Q2 2021, mainly due to better than anticipated widths and strike lengths from stopes in the South Mine complex. Operating cash cost per ounce sold average 586 million versus a 547 for the same period in 2020 and 699 for the previous quarter. With the increase from Q2 2020 reflecting a stronger Canadian dollar in Q2 2021. The 16% improvement from Q1 2021 largely reflected a favorable impact of higher ounces sold, as well as lower maintenance costs and reduced expenditures related to operating development compared to the previous quarter. 
Owing sustaining per cost per ounce sold was largely unchanged in Q2 2020 as the impact of a stronger Canadian dollar was offset by higher sale volumes. When you include the impact of exchange rates, all in sustaining cost per ounce sold improved from Q2 2020, reflecting the favorable impact of higher sale volumes as well as lower operating cash costs and sustaining capital expenditures. Looking at the year to date, production at the cast a total of 103,000 ounces based on processing 167,000 tons and at an average grade of 19.5 grams per ton with recoveries in the 97.9%. Year-to-date production increased 11% for the same period in 2020, reflecting a higher average grade and increased tons processed. <clears throat> Turning to slide 20, we'll look at our growth projects that are helping us build a new cast in mind for the future. Our growth capital expenditure for the first half of the year were 43 million, so 30 million in Q2 2021. Of total growth expenditure so far in 2021, 22 million were related to the four shaft project. During the quarter, the shaft advanced approximately 600 feet and had reached a depth of 5,600 feet as of June 30th, 2021. The project ended Q2 2021 ahead of schedule and on track for completion in late 2022. An additional 10 million, 4.7 million in Q2 21 of growth capital expenditure in year to date of 21 were related to the ventilation expansion project involving the development of two new ventilation raises. The two new raises will add significant to our ventilation into the mine, which have already improved from the level this time last year. The remaining growth capital expenditure in Q2 2021 mainly relates to the number of underground projects, including lateral development from the mine towards the four shaft. I'll now pass the presentation over to Eric Callio, Senior Vice President of Exploration. Thanks, Kevin, and good morning, everyone. My first slide today is number 21 and related to Detour, where we're continuing to advance the large-scale drill program commenced in 2020 to evaluate the potential surrounding the main and future west coast. As previously announced, the program includes a minimum of 250,000 meters and aiming for an updated resource and potentially expanded mine plan for announcement in early 22. And in terms of progress to date, I believe it is still continuing to track very well with 64,000 meters in Q2 and now close to 200,000 meters since starting in early 2020. Additional to this, we've now already seen quite a large number of assays returned and had six press releases, uh, including the one uh, in July, with results continue to look very, very encouraging. Summarizing some of the results is the current slide, which is a long section from the latest release and containing color-coded pierce points to highlight holes from different areas. Also shown in the image is a series of black dots, which um, are the pierce points for all holes drilled since the start of drilling in early 2020. As indicated, now starting to really fill in the page, especially in the central and east part of the saddle. As indicated on the image, results from the new work continue to look very promising in all areas, with some of the best continuing to come from the central part of the saddle, highlighted by pink and green dots and including new intercepts such as 1.7 over 80 meters and 1.31 over 87, which in addition to several other good intercepts we've already reported um, in, in, in the same area. Additional to this, however, we also had some very good results from below and to the west of the future west pit, where drilling to date is much more limited. Key intercepts in the west pit are marked with blue and orange dots and include 
1.09 over 70.5 and 1.62 over 77.8 from near the lower limit of the resource pit, as well as 6 grams over 14 meters, including 25 grams over 3 near the, five, uh, near the 550 meter level. Key intercepts to the west include 1.63 over 32, including 13.35 over 2 meters from, ex from approximately 250 meters below and to the west of the current resource pit. So continuing to demonstrate expansion potential in that direction. In summary, work, at work to date at Detour continues to advance along very well. So turning now to my next slide, which is number 22, we see an image for Macassa, where we continue to advance our large, our large exploration program <coughs> to confirm and expand resources. Key targets for the program include the direct extensions of the SNC, amalgamated and main breaks between the 53 and 58 levels, but with additional work now in progress to access targets below and to the west of the main break on 51 and 58, as well as on the SMC on 34. So in terms of our drilling, <coughs> our aim for the year is about 200,000 meters and tracking a little bit lower at this time, but in our view, still achieving some good success. The main highlight being shown on the screen at this time from the east part of the 53 level. As shown on the image, the work was focused mainly on testing of areas along strike to the east of the SMC as well as up and down depth of the current resource and reserve. And there are a number of good intercepts in the release. Looking at the area to the east, we saw drilling reaching almost 180 meters in this, in this direction and intersecting a number of good values including a highlight of 589 grams per ton over two meters near, quite, quite near the limit of drilling. And looking to the areas up and down dip, we saw an intercepts almost 100 meters in each of these directions. With those down dips being near the junction of the SMC with the amalgamated, where we've announced success in other areas before, and those drilled up dip identifying a significant new block with very little testing, and which we will continue to try and expand on from platforms on 53 and 58. Additional to this, we saw some good advancement of the exploration drift toward the new targets on 34, 51, and 58, keeping us on track for drilling to start on these most likely later this year. As mentioned earlier, these drifts, new drifts will provide access to areas the deep and west parts of the main break and as well above the SNC, where we have not really worked on before, but we think have a lot of potential. And now turning to my next slide, which is number 23, we see an image outlining the exploration plan and recent progress at Fosterville. Whereas in the CASA, we, we have a very large exploration program in place with the vast majority being directed towards the lower part of the Fosterville mine and Robin's Hill areas, and the remainder towards a series of promising targets, both on, which are mainly on the mine property. As indicated on the image, work at Fosterville is designed to focus pretty much entirely on the area down plunge of the current reserve to the Swan Zone and includes both development and drilling to convert and expand mineralization to depth. With the vast majority of drilling being from the new 3912 hanging well drift, which is shown here with a small red line, which we have been working on over the first half of this year. And now I'm happy to say that the drift has, has just been completed in June and we have drills in progress, five in total, and situated along the zone. So 
Although fairly, still, uh, work is still fairly early in this program, we can say that things are proceeding very well and we expect to have a lot of new drilling done and information to talk about as we proceed later into this year and into early 22. Turning to Robins Hill, the plan here again is to focus on the area down plunge of the existing reserves. We continue to believe that we can not only extend the location, but we have the potential to identify high-grade zones similar to the Swan Zone. And to achieve this, we put together what we think is a very good program, including continued advancement of the Robins Hill decline and drilling from both surface and underground. And as with, as with Phoenix, the Lower Phoenix area, work is continuing to progress very well with significant advancements being achieved in, do, in the new, de, new decline, bringing it to more than halfway to Robins Hill now, and a substantial amount of surface drilling preparations in place for underground drilling to start in Q3 to test the very south side of the Robin Hill structure. So from all indications to date, project advancing very well. We look forward to delivering an increase in the amount of information on this in the near future. And with that, I'll pass the call back to Tony. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sorry, thanks, Eric, uh, and, and thanks to uh, David, Larry, and uh, Evan and uh, Ian for, for your presentations. As you can see, uh, Kirkland Lake Gold is really a very awesome company. We've had uh, significant uh, success uh, this year, but if you really break it down, you know, as I mentioned, Fossilville, six years of, of industry-leading and one of the lowest-cost gold mines in the world, more profitable gold mines in the world significant exploration success and significant uh, motivation of people going forward to continue continue on that track record. We have Macasa, you know, in its current form, so, you know, and, and producing one of the, one of the, one of the, you know, from, from, the, from the historical Kirkland Lake camp to be, to be continuing to, to, to deliver the solid production results it is and, and, and uh, where, where it can be. And it's not quite where we want it to be yet, but we're, you know, we've got a, we're investing in a new shaft and investing in new ventilation systems that will significantly improve Macassar and, and you know we're patient and, and, and diligent working forward there and and uh, once Macassar is you know by 2023 into 2024 we expect Macassar to be one of the largest underground uh, most probable gold mines in Canada and uh, you know as, as we see with Detour and the growth coming of Detour uh, Detour has the potential to be the largest gold mine in in, in Canada, and and then growing from that to be one of the largest gold mines in, in North America, let alone uh, you know definitely in, in the top top quartile in the world. So you know a very solid company. Uh, you know we had uh, and then if you if you go by that, you tie it into excellent results in Q2 2021. 
We had record earnings and earnings per share, strong revenue growth, capital generation, and, and, and as we talked about the progress with, with both our exploration programs and, and our investment into our assets. And by the way, when we talk about record earnings and earnings per share, it's not only record earnings and earnings per share, but industry-leading earnings, industry-leading earnings per share. And, you know, and you know, we, we're committed to, to responsible mining. We're committed to, 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 to recognizing and supporting the community where we are and being, you know, uh, you know, you know in terms of, of doing what we, what we can to, 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 to ensure the sustainability in the regions and, 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 and that we can, you know, make things better for the, in the, in the local communities and for the local indigenous communities in the areas where, where, where we are. And we, we, we recognize and, 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 and support a strong and, and honorable and trusting partnership as, as we move forward into the future. And as we also, as we look ahead, you know, for, from 2021, our, we, we're well positioned to achieve our guidance. And we're, and again, we, you know, when you look going out and coming out of 2021 into 2022, we, we expect to achieve some very important value creating catalysts at all three of our minds. And, uh, you know, there's still lots of exciting things coming up and, and, and ahead for us. So, Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, happy to take any questions. And at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star, then the number one. Your first question comes from the line of Fahad Tariq with Credit Suisse. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. I'm just going back to the 2021 guidance. You mentioned uh, now uh, expecting the high end of uh, the production guide. Can you talk a bit about just the puts and takes on the cost side? Because on the one hand, the higher production presumably would lead to lower costs uh, per ounce, but at, at the same time, we're hearing about inflation expectations from some of your peers and uh, for you specifically, more of an FX impact. So I just want to get kind of a net effect on cost this year. Thanks. Well, I mean, I'll let uh, David kind of answer the question, but, uh, you know, definitely, you know, we got FX rates that, that are having an impact, but, but that's an impact on unit costs. We, you know, we spend a lot of our money in Canadian and Australian dollars, and I think in Canadian and Australian dollar terms, we're, we're, we are seeing some inflation, such as in fuel prices and, and steel and a few, few things, but, uh, you know, I think the biggest impact is on FX. But, uh, David, uh, maybe you can give a little bit of color to this. Yeah, no problem, Tony. Um, yeah, we are seeing uh, inflation in specific areas, as Tony mentioned, diesel and steel, for example. But overall, costs in local currencies are pretty much in line with what we had uh, in the budget and what you know what we were seeing even even last year. Um, and that's really due in part to, to very good cost management, you know, from the the, the sites, our, our our leads at our operations. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, obviously there there is offsets there. Higher production will lead to lower costs, and and some of these um, pressures that Tony mentioned with regards to FX, you know, are are offset by some of that. But you know, basically on a full year uh, cost and expenditure, uh, our guidance was based on you know, Canadian to U.S. exchange rates of 1.31, and Australian to U.S. exchange rate of 1.39, uh, versus what what we currently see. Um, which is exchange rates of approximately, you know, uh, Canadian 1.25 and Australia 1.35, and Euro date 1.25 and, and 1.30. So, you know, current exchange if if, if the current exchange rates continue to remain the remainder of the year, uh, you know, the expected impact over that period would be, you know, to, to see a bit of an increase in in cash costs uh, and ASIC. 
Uh, but having said that, you know, we're we're well below the budget levels for both measures in the first half of the year and and based on strong cost performance in, in each of our three operating operations and and uh, and, uh, and if we achieve higher than planned production uh, and sales, we're going to work hard to, you know, to continue that trend. And, uh, and based on that, we're continuing to target our, our existing guidance, right? So we've done well so far, and, uh, and we plan on, on continuing that trend through to the end of the year. Okay, so it sounds, sounds like the midpoint is still, still kind of achievable on the cost side. Um, my only other question, just on Fosterville exploration, you know, of course, we've received pretty detailed updates on Macassa and Detour Lake. Um, just wondering on Fosterville, is it just a function of the drilling is more second half weighted or I'm just wondering uh, if, you know, when to really expect more detailed results from Fosterville? Thanks. Eric or Ian, uh, want to answer that? Yeah, yeah I think it's your and I'll help out. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll go and you can help me out. Uh, look, the, the exploration efforts at Foxville, certainly for the first time, we have been doing some drilling. However, the, the focus really has been on uh, the development of the exploration drifts. So the, the Phoenix 31, uh, 39, 12 drift it's, um, uh, is really going to open up drilling for the second half of the year in, into the lower Swan area. And, we, and we're expecting, you know, we've got five drills on that now and we're expecting a lot of results to come to the back half of the year. And, and likewise with the Robins Hill, you know, we've had excellent project uh, post, um, advance on the on the twin drifts all the way out towards Robins Hill, and uh, we'll start to see uh, some some drilling in Q3 and certainly into Q4 uh, at the at the really southerly and and, and at depth on the on the Robins Hill, um, and and trying to really expand that resource. Um, but, but that's really been the focus for the first half has been the development side of things. So, Eric, if you want to add any more colour there. No, I just think that uh, we have to keep in mind that the uh, distance below surface, the Robin Hill target, you know, they we're, we're uh, aiming for areas that are up to 1,000 uh, metres on strike and to depth. Uh, very hard to drill from surface with any detail. And now as we get the new platform in on the decline, uh, we're, we're going to start to, be, to get a lot more information quickly. Uh, from from that area, so it's uh, yeah. I need that all I can add. Okay, great. That's it for me. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Josh Wolfson with RBC Capital Markets. Thanks. Um, just sort of continuing some of the questions on Fosterville. Uh, you know, obviously the quarter was very strong, partially from. Uh, that positive reconciliation and, and partially from sequencing, you know, is there any sort of ability to give us some better insight on, onto, you know, what the what the sort of uh, what the outlook is for the second half of the year, or and specifically the, the resequencing changes that impact the fourth quarter now? Uh, sure. I mean, Natasha or Ian, I think that could be up to you guys. Sure. Um, I'll start Ian, and then you can you can fill in. Um, hi, Josh. Um, so effectively, we moved um, a couple of the higher grade scopes from Q4 into into Q2. So we, I would say, moved about 20 or 30 thousand ounces forward into Q2. So it will affect our, our Q4. Um, you, you will see that we have maintained our guidance for 400 and, to 420 thousand ounces for the year. But having said that, uh, and looking at our plan, we we are well positioned to potentially do better than that. Um, but we, we want uh, to just 
see how the grades performed for the rest of uh, at least Q3. As we discussed in our results, we had a significant grade outperformance at Fosterville in the first six months. Um, we're not going to assume that we will that that will continue. Uh, generally, at Fosterville, it's a very complex low body, so um, when you have some scopes outperformed, there is an also an offset somewhere down the line. Um, so we just want to see how the, the mine performs over the next few months before we, we, we look at our guidance. Um, but to say the least, we are, we are very comfortable with the 400 to 425,000 ounces that we've provided. Okay, thank you. And then uh, one other question for Detour, um, you know, for the for guidance this year, you know, there's a, I guess, a, an implied uh, improvement in both grade, which it sounds like you're you're pretty comfortable on, uh, as well as uh, you know, an improvement in throughput, uh, probably towards that, uh, you know, seventy thousand ton a day rate that's expected next year. Um, you know, is there any sort of detail that can be provided in terms of how? How that gap's going to be bridged from that, you know, 64 and a half that you're running at today um, to that 7,000 times a day towards year end? Uh, Larry, uh, I mean, I think you can read the question fairly quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, really, it's just uh, continuing to focus on the things that we've been working on. We're going to see, uh, you know, by September, we'll see. Uh, um, the, the, the BIPA, the 610 uh, refeed system in place, so that'll allow us to, uh, to continue to keep the signals at uh, capacity anytime there's uh, or any, uh, any downtime uh, in the crushing circuit, so that'll help us. And, and uh, with the initiatives that we've already had in, in place, like uh, you know, changing, changing the uh, signal uh, vortex uh, Lifters, uh, those, are, those are showing promise and, and really focusing on uh, on our uh, fragmentation and then getting the right uh, fines uh, in the feed. So, and uh, you know, as far as the mine goes, um, we're really starting to get to the heart of the ore body. So as phase two develops, uh, you know, at depth, uh, we we uh, are working more and more around the the other things, and that's really where the better grade is. So we do anticipate better grade there. We also, you know, have uh, you know more talc there too, which which helps with our throughput. So kind of a combination of all those things. Good. So just the, um, your comment about the uh, you know September delivery on some of those processing items, um, should we see you know the bigger step up in throughput uh, more geared towards the fourth quarter in that case? Yeah, it'll be a gradual ramp up throughout the year for sure. Okay. That's all my questions. Thank you. But, but you've had some significant. Uh, you've been set, you've been setting uh, records at, at, at all the time and achieving higher levels all consistently, right, Larry? Yeah, I mean, even even in uh, July here, uh, we've already you know we've since that uh, our, our uh, limit of seventy five thousand tons a day has been removed. We're, uh, we're we're eleven days this month. We've already completed that. So uh, you know, averages is. Uh, when, uh, when we're running, uh, things are running quite well. I don't know if there any more questions. Uh. Certainly. Your next question comes from the line of, from Oves Habib with Scotia Bank. Thanks, operator. Uh, hi, Tony and Crystal uh, Lake team, and uh, congrats on a strong quarter, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, a couple of my questions have already been answered. 
Uh, but just a, a quick follow-up on uh, Josh's question regarding uh, the, the, the changes in mind sequencing at Bosterville. Um, you talked about, you know, uh, what the grade is kind of, you know, looking towards like uh, going into the second half. Uh, but does this kind of bottom approach uh, sequencing change impact any sort of longer-term guidance? Uh, I, I can take that. Yeah, you got that, Ian? Yeah, I can take that one, Tony. Sure. Look, and, and it's a good question. Um, so, so fortunately, um, you know, the, the, the team at Fossilville is uh, constantly optimising the mine, and, and we found ourselves in a situation where, with the with the development ahead of ourselves, and and and, and where we needed to be, it, it gives the mine some flexibility. So, so we're not seeing any uh, downside to the uh, change in this. And it's only a certain part of the, of the overall swan zone in the Audax area. Uh, we're not seeing any downside to changing the, um, the sequence. And in fact, we've seen some upside, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, the mineability and, and a few things like that. So um, you know, it's, it's been a really good um, sequence change in that part of the mine uh, from the mining engineer. And, and, and just and, and was this kind of in the works uh, for a while now, or, or this is just a decision that you've taken just uh, recently and, and made those changes? Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, our, our plans are, are rolling, uh, as, as you can appreciate. So um, you know, the, the engineering teams are constantly looking at what, at what we've got down there as new information comes in, as we see how the ground behaves, as doping advances. Uh, and, and we adjust to suit. And, and I suppose the, 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 the fortunate position we find ourselves in is that, um, is that we, are, we are on top of our development and, and, and uh, that gives us the flexibility to make these adjustments as we go. And, and, in, this, and in this particular case, in, in this part of the audit, uh, you know, it, it was seen that um, you know, we, we stood to have a, a better mineability of that part of the, of that part of the audit. Uh, by starting lower down than originally planned, so um, so that was a decision that was made. Perfect, Ian. Uh, guys, that's it for me. Thanks so much. Your next question comes from the line of John Tomasis, and please state your company name. Thank you. It's uh, John Tomasis, very independent research. Congratulations on the the big upturn in results both from the Swan Zone and the Harrier Zone at Fosterville. Could you just refresh us as to how tightly uh, the, the drill hole patterns are for those reserves and as you develop them and mine the stopes, uh, the potential for variances which were so wonderful this current quarter? Well, how about uh, go ahead, uh, Ian, uh, uh, Ian or Eric? But Ian, Ian can maybe start on that. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. Thanks, Eric. Uh, and, and another good question. Uh, look, the, the drill spacing, and, and look, you have to appreciate that you know, the, 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 high, the extremely high-grade areas of the Swan Zone are unique, uh, and, and you know, quite possibly you could drill that down to the nth degree and still not and still not get a proper handle on it. But, uh, you know, our, our, our drilling is down to, you know, at, at times, uh, you know, 12, 12 by 25 sort of centres, 25 by 25. So, it, it, you know, and, and in a broad range, um, we have a very good handle 
uh, and, and very good reconciliations back against our models, which, which we are constantly updating. Uh, however, there are, there are specific, you know, extreme high-grade areas of that, of that complex, um, you know, swan vein itself that, that you know, is, is very difficult to nail down. Uh, uh, we have been accused of, of possibly being slightly conservative at, at times, and, and to be fair, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, one of the world's highest grade ore bodies, you know, it is, it is tough to not be maybe slightly conservative at times. So uh, we see some swings and roundabouts. However, the, the, you know, on, on, a, on a long run, our reconciliation against model. Is, is pretty good and in fact it's very good and, and you know, we, we get very close to the mark. Thank you. If I could ask one more on the detour uh, west, deep west saddle zone extensions and I know all the technical studies aren't done. The current reserves uh, appear to carry your production two decades forward at a trend near 800,000 ounces expanded in a few years. Should, in the big picture, we be thinking of these new drill successes as a third decade of 800,000 ounces a year, or possibly a fourth decade of 800,000 ounces a year? Or do you think it's possible that the output uh, could be expanded above a million ounces? I would say you have uh, both of those scenarios. Uh, sorry, uh, the, the, both. Of the, so your your number two and your number three. I think for a decade, another decade of 800,000 ounces. I think it's easy to see that there's potential to to add, you know, and, and grow for another potential two decades and or at those levels and or you know work towards uh, increasing uh, uh, production again further at detour. If you do look at the plan, it does show detail going up to 900,000 ounces a year as we progress, right? So, you know, there's, there's that to look at. But, but at the same time, there's a lot of moving parts at detour. And we have a lot of things to work on. Uh, you, know, we, you know, we talk about initiatives, getting the middle 28 million tons per year, but also putting in acid labs, changing some of the process internally. Combine that, we're trying to understand the size of the mineralize, mineralizing envelope there and the, and the resource and, and, and then how are you going to mine it, right? I think the, the thing that we should all take away is the mine that Detour is today is going to be a much, is, is a much better mine than it was a few years ago and it's going to be a much better mine in a couple of years from now and, and potentially has a chance to be a much better mine even beyond that and a, a very long life mine. And then I'll even say, you know, when we're talking about saddle and the west extension, but to the west it doesn't stop. We just there's a line there for this west of the drilling, so it could go further to the west. And we haven't even drilled any any holes much below 700 meters. And in the current main pit, there's indicated resource at the bottom of the pit. So the big the other part is we you know you focus on getting costs down as you in, increase the overall uh, site. And there's a lot of exciting catalysts that could come out of detour over the next few years. Thank you and congratulations. Your next question comes from the line of Cosmos Chu with CIBC. Hi, thanks, uh, Tony and team. Um, I guess I can ask a question on my cast right here. Um, good to see that you're transitioning um, or adding uh, even more battery-powered uh, trucks 
to your fleet. Um, could you remind me how much more can you transition over uh, from diesel-powered equipment to battery-powered equipment? And what percentage is that right now in terms of uh, the total fleet in terms of battery-powered uh, equipment? I think Evan would just probably be a good person to answer that question, right? And or I'll leave it up to you, Natasha and Evan. Sure, I can speak to it. Hey, Cosmo. Um, we're currently, we're, we're sitting around 75% of our fleet at uh, battery equipment, and, and the plan is definitely to increase that moving forward um, for numerous reasons. Um, the trucking fleet uh, has improved tremendously as well, um, and, and regardless of, of some of the ventilation improvements, we, we still plan on uh, moving forward with, the, with carrying on with the battery, the battery mm -hmm. here. Yeah, and that was the purpose for my question. Uh, you know, I know that you're adding the two ventilation raises, which will add about 200,000 CFM of capacity. But could you remind me in terms of, you know, with a battery-powered equipment with the current fleet right now, what's your draw on the ventilation and, and what's the capacity here? So the, the current draw on ventilation uh, that we're pulling from surface, uh, Cosmo? So, so the plan is to have about 300,000 come down the three shaft and then uh, 230 of that, <clears throat> sorry, 200 of that is going to go towards the FMC with the current ventilation plan and, and, and 30,000 from one of the raised bores um, and, and 100,000 of that 300,000 going to the lower north. Um, and, and obviously as we move ahead, um, things are going to improve with the, the second raised bore. There's one more leg. We're on the last leg of the four legs of the raised bore to break through on surface. And uh, obviously, with four shaft uh, reaching at depth and commissioning, that will improve things uh, drastically in, in the lower part of the mine. Uh, it's to bring the, the temperatures pretty well down, uh, cooling, cooling off the mine as well. And if we, if you think about it, your main arteries right now are feeding your ventilation. If you start putting diesel gear in the main arteries, you're just going to heat the mine back up, right? So the point is, and the plan is to stick with the battery. It's much more healthier for our employees and uh, and, and for the environment. Yeah. And then that's, um, yeah, Osmo, just to clarify, so it would be a doubling or more than double ventilation uh, air to the mine, uh, which which is a big part of it. We mean we want to reduce the heat heat and humidity in the mine and improve the working conditions in, in the workplace. I mean, yeah, you would have some flexibility for diesel gear because we are working at, at, at the leading edge of battery-powered equipment underground, but our commitment is to battery-powered equipment. And you know the, the fundamental, the big part of the increase in ventilation, it was was not. And we, you know, so I think the, the logic to say let's go battery powered equipment so we so we don't have to ventilate to the same level, I think is wrong. We should we need to ventilate to that to the level where, whether it was diesel equipment or battery equipment in order to deal with heat and and, and other conditions that, that in the workplace that affect people. And that you know that that's our main motivation here. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's good that you uh, brought that up, Tony. And uh, you know, I seem to recall last year there were some issues in terms of heat during the summer months. It's been fairly hot in Ontario once again this year. Uh, has it been okay so far in uh, the summer of 2021? Go ahead, David. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen a, a, a positive impact on, on the ventilation upgrades. Um, in the SMC alone, uh, you're looking at a drop of uh, 3 to 4 degrees from current uh, current year. And uh, and it, things are definitely improving throughout the mine on, on the ventilation aspect. So, yes, it, it is a cooler down there compared to what it was. And uh, last year's summer was rather quite hotter than, than this year. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, great. And I know one last question, uh, just a follow-up. Um, you know, in Moda, Ontario, we've seen some uh, forest fires. I track it. I think there's an Ontario website that tracks it. I don't think there's anything close to, uh, you know, Kirkland Lake or, or Timmins or Cochrane or anything like that. Um, is that, you know, could you confirm that? And are you at all worried about, uh, you know, what's happening? So I could speak to that too. Um, yeah, we do track it uh, daily, Cosmo. Uh, we have an app called windy.com, which, which helps us out, and it tracks its TO levels and forest fires and wind directions. So um, we're in pretty good shape here uh, so far, and, and we've been getting quite a bit of rain up north. So things are looking good. Perfect. Great. Those are all the questions I have. Thanks again. And there are no further questions at this time. Great. Well, listen, it's Mark here, and um, thanks, everybody, for participating in the call. As you heard, we, uh, we had a record quarter in terms of earnings. Not just record, we had industry-leading earnings and very strong cash flow, two things we've been known for over the last several years as, as being at the front of, forefront of the industry. Um, we're making a lot of progress, uh, moving towards some pretty big catalysts for our company from a value creation standpoint. And, um, you know, we look forward to our next quarterly call to update you on how much more progress we've made. Thanks a lot and have a, have a great week. Take care. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.